this series is called the Unity Series. And Jesus didn't come and die for nothing. He didn't come and die that we could remain the same. He didn't come and die and his death was worthless. God in heaven acknowledged, honored his death. God in heaven acknowledged and honored his resurrection. It is now left to us to acknowledge and honor what he did and why he did it. You know, this means a lot to me. <laughs> because the body of Christ, Satan knew the power of the body when it's united, when it functions. Each one of us knows. I don't know about you, I remember being young girl. <clears throat> and I remember being able to play basketball and play football. And, and I remember being able to run and tackle and get up after it was over and be ready for the next play and, and do all those things. I remember my mind saying, body go left and body go right, and my body would respond quickly. <laughs> now, those particular days are over, but it's still my body. And it still responds to me, not as quickly as it did before, but it still responds to me because it's my body. We are the body of Christ. So our job is not to have the head do what we wanted to do. It is for us to do whatever the head wants us to do. So Jesus died that we could become one. Satan knew that, so Satan entered the body of Christ and caused imaginable, incredible, uncountable divisions. We have over 1,500 different denominations. What? And all of these people believe that their particular denomination is the right one, and if you're not part of theirs, then you're the wrong one. We have went so far as to tell people that some, some of them couldn't be a part of our denomination because they didn't think the same way we did or didn't feel the same way about a particular subject as we did. Are y'all understanding what I'm saying today? So instead of letting the body be the body, we decided to become the head and ignore Jesus. And now we find ourselves totally divided and separated over the dumbest stuff in the world. I mean, it is when you read it, when you read the, the, the standards or the things that denominations are based on, it will make you laugh but also cry. That stuff that is so insignificant will cause you not to speak to me will cause you not to be able to enter into my church. We have some relatives who are not allowed to come and have service with us. As a matter of fact, we can only visit their house. They're not allowed to come and visit our house because of their religious affiliation. Brothers and sisters, we need to stop. And we're either going to be his body or we're not. I have decided 
I want to be his body. I don't want to be the head. Lord knows you don't want to follow this head anywhere. I want him to lead me. Because what I see in the Bible, what I've heard in the Bible, what I've experienced from God, he knows what he's doing. He knows where he's going. He's already projected victory for the body of Christ for us in the Bible. So who should I be one with? I should be one with him. Now, last week we talked about Jesus deciding that he was one with the Father. And he gave us that example of how we are to be one with him. Are y'all still with me this morning? Are you sure? Close your eyes about your heads. Father, we thank you that right now your dear, sweet Holy Spirit will use my mind to think in and my mouth to speak from. That same spirits are working all of those who are under the sound of my voice today. Bless us with insight, Father. Give us wisdom today. Give us discernment. Allow us to get to know you better, to understand what you have already done. Move me out of the way, Father that your perfect message can now go forward. We take this opportunity to thank you ahead of time for the victories we're about to experience because of your word. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone say it. The Unity Series. We're going to start off in the book of John and we're going to read a verse that, that will help us. But I just want to make sure that we get this. There comes a time that we actually have to Submit. There comes a time that we actually have to make the word of God real. There comes a time that we actually have to stand and go, you know what, God? I've been doing it my way. I've been doing it my way. And then you look around you and you see what that has produced for you. So then you say, Lord, I'm going to trust you right now. I'll follow you. We'll do it your way, Lord. And you'll see the floodgates open. You'll see your life expanded. You'll see opportunities arise before you. Is anybody understanding this this morning? But there has to be this point where you make up your mind. (laughs) I'm not the head. (laughs) Jesus is not my co-pilot. Jesus is the pilot. Let's read this verse. John chapter 17. It's in the message translation. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I'm praying not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me because of them and their witness about me. Again, we are to be witnesses of Jesus, we sang the song today, people need the Lord. When will we realize they they need Jesus? They don't need me. They need Jesus. And when we believe, we will tell people about him because that's who they need. The goal is for all of them to become one heart and mine, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. So they might be one heart and mine with us. Now, I don't know about you. If you're going to give me a choice, uh, 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 hey, Ben, you're going to be one with this guy over here or you get a chance to be one with God. 
Then you choose. Before you finish the sentence, I'm going to be standing over here with the creator of everything who is above all things, who knows me, loves me, cares for me, said he will not forsake me, will not leave me. I'm going to stand with him. Well, Ben, when you make the choice, there are going to be people that you left over there. I'm going to tell those people about who you are over here and invite them to come here. But I'm no longer going to let them guide me because I am now one with the Lord, one with God. Are y'all hearing me today? Well, you're going to lose some friendships. No, I'm opening up a door for friendships to be eternal because they can come over here. I'm going to show them who this God is. I'm going to live out who this God is and they can come over here and, the, and our friendships can be eternal. Are y'all understanding me this morning? But you got to make this choice. Listen closely. So they might be one heart and mind with us. Then the world might believe that you in fact sent me. So when we become one, guess who believes? The world does. The world needs Jesus. They need a place to go. They need a point. They need a, a, a entity that they know is greater than them, more powerful than them, honest, upright, eternal, all-powerful. They need to know that exists. And the only way they will is by us being the example. I'm taking you, brother, to the one who was all-powerful. I'm taking you to the one that is eternal. I'm standing with the one that is eternal. How will they know? Because my life is different. The stuff they fear, I don't fear. The stuff they fall victim to, I do my best not to because I am with him. Is this making sense to you today? So the world needs a direction. The world needs a GPS system. The world needs a Siri or a Cyrus or whatever that is <laughs> that answers the world needs to know that there's a place you can go but once we are one with Christ they'll know so hear me let's just talk about this for a second oh the world is messed up it's going to hell in a handbasket oh it's all messed up this is the end times uh, does it mean being the end times mean you should sit down on your hands if it's the end times, does that mean you're just supposed to go, okay, I quit, I give up. There's no chance. No, if it's the end time, there should be an alarm going off in you that's even greater than any other alarm. That means that there are people out there who need Jesus and they need him now. Do you know him? I said, do you know him? Then you know that he is the savior of all. You know that he came to save the world. So if it's in times, if things are going bleak, what should we be doing? We should be sounding the alarm. Wouldn't you be mad if your house is on fire and you sound the alarm and the firemen don't come? Or when they do come, they go, um, hey, you need to put that fire out. Your house is on fire. <laughs> this is what we're doing right now. We're telling people, you know, not about the Jesus that we say we believe in. We keep trying to come up with a different antidote for the mess that is in the world. We vote thinking the government's going to do this. The government wasn't created for this. 
The body of Christ was created for this. We are the only entity in the world that God speaks through because we are his body. We direct the government. They follow us. No, you see, you're saying that now because you refuse to make sure that there's an option. Most of us have fallen victim to the government or to those political ideologies. They don't, people don't know they have a choice anymore because we have taken the choice away. We have things that we have risen to the height of Jesus. So people can't see Jesus anymore because we have these ideologies that we've risen to the height of Jesus. People don't know there's a choice. We need to turn the light on and let them know there's a choice. The choice is Jesus and it's eternal. What does that mean? He is above every political ideology. He is above every fear. He is above every doubt. Do you believe that today though? Are you one with him? <laughs> well, then the people just need to see that there's an alternative. They need to see that there's something else. Listen to me. You would be desperate and scared if you thought this was it. This is it. There's nothing greater. This thing is just done. It's over. Yeah, I can understand you being pessimistic and wanting to quick and wanting to give up because if you don't think that there's something greater, hear me. The church has been attacked from its infancy. From the beginning of the church, the church has been attacked. But the church is still here. And if you read Revelations, the church wins. Then that means we are not following a God that can be destroyed. We are not a part of a body that can be destroyed. We are part of a body that is eternal. Death can't win here. You can't destroy the body of Christ. So why are we? <laughs> oh my goodness. Did you hear the news today? So and so and such and such. There's been news since the beginning of time. The difference is it didn't get around the world so fast before. There were knucklehead people doing knucklehead stuff way over on the other side of the world. But because we didn't have live TV, you didn't know. You just knew the knuckleheads that were in your neighborhood. But here's what I'm trying to tell you today. How do the people know that they should be encouraged? How do the people know that they should be excited about what is coming? The only way they know is because of you. Are you excited? Praise the Lord. Listen to what Jesus says. The same glory you gave me. Man, this is good stuff. The same glory you gave me, I gave them. Who's them? This glory, this power, this cloud of unending power, a cloud that the world can't do anything about. This powerful glory. God gave to Jesus and he gave it to us, his body. What are we doing with our glory? What are we doing with this cloud of power? 
We are subjecting it to something that has no power over it. We are subjecting it to fear, subjecting it to doubt. I'm sorry, I can't do this no more. I can't give in to something that's less than anymore. I can't. Ladies, you know this. You've made up your mind one day. That little boyfriend of yours kept telling you stuff and never fulfilling it and never, never committing to you the way he was supposed to. And he said, baby, you know I love you and wouldn't take out the garbage and wouldn't bring no money home, wouldn't give you any gifts on your birthday till finally you had enough. And you said, I can do bad all by myself. <laughs> and you left him. Why? Because you made a determination that that which you were a part of had no power to take you where you needed to go. Well, I don't think y'all hear me today. You have given your life over to some entities that are temporary. They will never be able to take you to eternity. Make up your mind today. I'm going to where eternity is. I'm going with Jesus. Let me finish reading. Y'all still here? The same glory you gave me, I gave them. So they'll be as unified and together as we are. I in... Say it this way. He in me. That may not be great English for any of the English teachers in here, but that's okay. He in me. One more time. He in me. Okay, listen to it. I... <laughs> <laughs> I in them and you in me. Then they'll be mature in this oneness. I love this because you cannot be one with each other until you are one with Christ. You cannot love me until you love Jesus. You cannot do it. The Bible says, how can you say you love your brother whom you, whom you see every day and, and, and say you, well, how's it go? How can you say you love God whom you cannot see and hate your brother whom you see every day? It's something like that. I said it that way so you can go home and study it when you leave. <laughs> but here's what I'm trying to tell you. What, what good is it? What good is it? Because you can't love me until you fall in love with God and then let God have you. Because what God is going to do, he's going to change how you see me. The world has taught you to see me in a certain fashion and in a certain way. And when I walk into the room, your mind uses all these images to come up with a message that the world taught you. But when you come to Jesus, Jesus says, I don't make decisions by outward appearance. So he will change how you see me. He'll change how you see the world. So you'll begin to see people through the eyes of Jesus and it makes it easier to become one. But you got to be able to be willing to do that. Then they'll be mature in oneness and give the godless world and give the godless world, and give the godless world evidence. Is anybody here this morning? So this godless world needs some evidence, and guess who has it? We do. But it only comes out not because we say it, it comes out because we live it. 
But you've got to have this relationship to God that changes you. It transforms you that you now see the world different. You know how I see people? Somebody told me the other day, hey, man, there's some, some, some crazy Muslims over there. There's some crazy uh, people over there and there's some crazy people over there. You know what they are? Potential Christians. Because my Bible says that every knee shall bow. Every mouth shall confess. If that's true, then I'm going to believe the Bible. And I'm going to believe whatever they're doing right now, the potential, they'll be a Christian. Listen to me. We're having this whole thing with Iran. How many of you know that Christianity is growing faster in Iran than it is in the United States? Boy, I love y'all. But this stuff is important. Why? Because when we're in tune with him, when we're connected to him, whatever is in the head begins to flow through the body. And then the body begins to react to the head. If it's freezing outside, the head said we need some heat. It takes you into a place where there's fire and warmth. The body responds, ah. But the body don't tell the head, hey, let's go back out in the freezing cold. Are we the body? Are we one with Christ? Then whatever is in him, whatever is in the Father, is in us. And the godless world needs evidence. How do they get it? Because we live a life that shows them we're still encouraged. We're still excited about tomorrow. Brother, this is the end times. You know what the Bible says? It said no man would know the day nor the time. If you study history, I don't know about you, they've been saying it's been the end times forever. If you you read in, in Revelations or you read in Jude, Jude was written in 64 AD. He said then, this is the end times. That was 64 AD. This is 2020. So listen to me. We're not supposed to try to figure it out. Nobody's giving you tea leaves, puzzle pieces. We're supposed to be connected to Christ. We let the head tell us how to live. Let me go on. It says, then they'll be mature in oneness and give the godless world evidence that you sent me and loved them in the same way you loved me do the people need this yes they do father i want those you gave me to be with me right where i am Hmm. so they can see my glory the splendor you gave me having loved me long before there ever was a world Oh, I need y'all to get this. He's explaining to us the the same love that God had for him that God has for us. Because the world that God created, he created for you and me because he loved us. He created the world because he loved us. He put Adam and Eve here because he loved us. He told them to multiply. Because he loved us. He gave us roses and trees and flowers, rain, sunshine. Everything that was created has been created for us because he loved us. When we were down, uh, we went on an excursion to Costa Mea, Mexico. 
and we went to these Inca ruins, pyramids. That's a sermon for another day. But pyramids is what they are, just like the pyramids in Egypt. Just going to show you that we're only one people. But as the tour guide was taking us, she takes us in the jungle where these pyramids are. I mean, these Inca things are. And she stops the two trees. And she says, don't touch this tree because this tree is poison to the touch. As soon as you touch it, it begins to eat your flesh. But 10 feet from that tree was another tree that was the cure for that poison tree. I don't understand. You need to know who our God is. For everything that we would ever experience, every sickness, every disease, God already placed in the earth a cure for everything. I don't know about you. That's love. That's love that somebody would think about me so much that they would plan for every entity that I may have to face or go through. He wants you to know how much you're loved. Why? So you can relish and, and live in this love and then go tell other people because that's what they, they need. People need the Lord. But you can only do this if you're actually attached to him. If that's what the head is feeding through you and you finally get it, it changes how you operate. It changes how you see things. Having loved me long before there ever was a world, righteous father, the world has never known you. But I, whoo. <laughs> now remember now, we and Jesus are one, right? I said, we don't be scared now. We, we and Jesus are, listen closely, but I have known you. <laughs> and these disciples know that you sent me on this mission. I have made your very being known to them. Who you are and what you do and continue to make it known so that your love for me might be Whew. listen to me if you never if you ever needed something to be comforting I said if you ever needed comfort oh man I don't know if y'all understand I'm about ready to dance jump off the stage um, no I'm serious you got to understand how comforting this is how restoring this is that everything Everything that God is, he put in Jesus. And then when we accepted Jesus, everything that was in Jesus was put into us. So we sit here on this powder keg of explosive love and restoration and eternity, eternity and all of these things. But the world keeps trying to speak to us and say, hey, it's the end. It's over. It's all messed up. And we need to hear the message that says it can't be because I serve a God who created the world. The world cannot end him. He has promised that he would not end the world, that we would live with him for eternity. So don't tell me about in, tell me about continuance because he will never be defeated. And that's my daddy. That's my daddy. But you got to be unified. 
Now, once you get this concept, then you can be unified with your brothers and sisters because there's nothing you need from them but love. See, nothing can take anything away from you. See, God loves me. Think about this. God loves me. And if you think because you don't, I should walk lower <laughs> or slower, you out your mind. No, I, I need you to get this. Does he love you? Okay, I'm almost done. <laughs> you know, seriously, sometimes we just come to church because the church door opens. And sometimes we sit here because we ain't got nothing else to do at home. And sometimes there's this powerful message that goes forward that is meant to change our lives. But we're sitting here wondering if we left the garage door up, left the windows open. Or you're worried about who voting for who and ain't voting for who. Can I tell you a secret? In November, I said in November, there's going to be an election. And some folks are going to vote for some folks. And some of them folks will be in office and some of them won't. But in heaven, there's a throne that cannot be touched by man's hands. And on that throne sits a God, and on his right hand sits his son, who says that we are one with him. Amen. One with him, and then one with the Father. <laughs> I don't know about you. I like the mods of being one with Jesus and one with the Father. I like that. Let me, fit, let me do this real quick, and we're going to close. There's a little paragraph, I think, on your thing there. It says, I'm going to jump to it real quick, and then I'll go back to this verse. It says, the Holy Spirit transforms believers into brothers and sisters in Christ. So it transfer, transforms us all into brothers and sisters in Christ, as well as brothers and sisters to each other. This is the next move of this revival in America. Well, I'm letting you in on something this morning. This is the next move of this revival in America. When the church gets this, this stuff is going to blow through America like a windstorm and change people's lives. Oh, yeah, I, be I believe in Jesus, but I don't like you. No, this transformation is not going to stop. Are y'all hearing me today? Y'all ready for this revival? Yeah. Oh, now, don't get too excited because that means you're, a lot of stuff is going to have to change on how you see the world. You hear me? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to close on this one because I got like two minutes.
Y'all know I ain't stopping in two minutes. <clears throat> but at least I said it. You know what I mean? I said it. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. It says, as a prisoner of the Lord, this is Paul speaking. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Listen, you got to understand what your calling is today, didn't you? I said, didn't you? So now it's time to live a life worthy of that calling. Okay, so Jesus died for you. The Son of God died for you. He defeated death. Death couldn't hold him in the ground he resurrected. Then he ascended back to heaven where he came from. And nothing can change that. It can't stop it. So that's your calling. Because you and Jesus are one. Now, you and I are one. I'm going to tell you something. Are you ready? You can't take my Jesus from me because you didn't give him to me. We can't take Jesus from other people because we didn't give them Jesus. Jesus gave them Jesus. Let me, let me finish before I go too off here. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient Bearing with one another in, bearing with one another. I mean, it's not going to be easy, but that's the transformation part. Bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. He gave us peace. You have peace with Christ because of his death. So now we can practice this unity. It's going to cost you something. It is. It's going to cost you something. You're going to have to be transformed the way you see the world. I'm going to close with this. It's a little sidebar. You ready? <clears throat> the prophet Samuel was sent to Jesse's house to pick the next king for Israel. Now God told Samuel, I'm done with Saul. You're going to pick the next king. Well, first off, he didn't tell Saul. Saul thought he was still king. Oh, I hope you all understand this. See, the craziness in the world thinks it still has power. God has already moved on. He's in the process of picking a brand new king for Israel. So Samuel gets to Jesse's house. Now, in, in, Jesse, in Samuel's mind, and Samuel's the prophet, he has these cultural visualizations of how to determine who is who, how to choose people. So Samuel says, I need to see your sons. So the first son comes into the room, Jesse's son. He's tall, statuesque. In Samuel's mind, those are the distinguishing features by which you choose a king. Saul was chosen because he was tall and statuesque. So Samuel, who's still stuck in that world, not has been transformed, he sees the first son and he goes in his mind, this is the one. Samuel had a ram's horn full of anointing oil and he's about to spill it on this boy and God says, no. 
God says, hear me, I don't make judgments by outward appearances. I judge a man's heart. And to make the story even more powerful, he goes through all these other sons until finally Samuel kept hearing, no, no. I can see Samuel standing there shaking now because that, that ram's horn full of anointing oil got a little heavy. I can see him kind of trembling with that thing. And God just kept telling him, no, he's not the one, no, he's not the one. Till finally Samuel asked Jesse, do you have another son? And the father, who didn't have any concept or feeling about David could be the one, didn't even consider him. He said, yeah, I got one more, but he's out there watching the sheep. I need you to get this today because we are all Davids. The world may send us. Consider us insignificant, not powerful enough, not smart enough, not built the right way. But I'm here to tell you, the anointing oil is waiting for you. God is waiting to anoint you. So David comes through the door and God says, finally, go on and pour some oil on him. And he pours this anointing oil on him. He didn't even know what was happening to him. He went back to the sheep with anointing oil on him. Some of you are going to leave here today with anointing oil on you and you're going back to the world that you were in before you came here. But I'm here to tell you, you have already been, began to be transformed. You are not the same people that came through this door. You will not be the same people going out this door. God don't waste anointing oil. Ultimately, David ended up fulfilling what that that oil was, his purpose. I need y'all to believe something today in closing. Come on up, praise team. You, every one of you. Yeah, you may have came here thinking you were insignificant. You may have came here thinking that I'm too old. I'm too slow. I can't. I don't have enough energy. Listen, I think it was Abraham and Sarah. (laughs) I ain't trying to scare nobody. I'm not. I'm just telling you. (laughs) When God is in something, he can change something. We are one with him. Listen to me. We are forever young. We are forever young. We are the most feistiest people in the body of Christ right now. There is no army greater, more powerful than this generational group. Nobody who knows the experiences of life. You have been in hell and risen. You have been in tough situations and risen. You have laid in hospital beds where they pronounce death over you and you are still alive. Some of us are blind. Some of us are limping. Some of us are doing all of that stuff. But you are still here. There is no greater group of wisdom and power than us. It's time for us to lead the rest of these knuckleheads into the glory of God. So don't be sitting here thinking it's over for me. I told you when you came in the door, you're not leaving the same way. You have been anointed to make sure that the world knows they need Jesus.